0: Hi, I'm Mary Payne Gilbert, and this is my podcast, Pain in the Pod. Y'all know by now that I love a good mystery and a true crime podcast. So today I'm talking to Robin Warder, the host of The Trail Went Cold. The Trail Went Cold is a weekly podcast where Robin takes on one unsolved mystery per episode. And it's very interesting to listen to and to find out about cases you may have never heard of, or maybe you have heard of it and you don't know, you know all the circumstances surrounding it. So Robin, thank you so much for joining me
1: today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. So I know that by doing a little research, uh, which means I, you know, Google, um, I know that you're a writer by trade. So what made you jump over from being a writer to the podcast world?
1: Well, I used to do some writing for the websites crack.com and com, And I would mostly write listicles where uh, a lot, my most popular articles usually covered uh, unsolved cold cases, unsolved mysteries and true crime. But generally, I would only write a summary of about 400, 500 words. And I really wanted to delve into a lot of these cases a lot more because some of them were pretty obscure. They weren't well-known cases, and I thought to myself, why don't more people know about these? So I finally decided to start up a podcast because my best friend, McGill, he's an editor by trade, so he had all the technical know-how to start one of these, and I decided I was going to explore one case per episode where not only would I give all the details about what happened, but try to provide some theories and analysis of what might have happened because I spend a lot of time on Reddit and in forums discussing mysteries and old cases so i that that's kind of my crowd that was my audience so i wanted to make a podcast for that
0: yeah you know i i sometimes go back when i'm going to interview someone and listen to their very first episode That makes a lot of people cringe, Uh, but (laughs) it 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 makes me cringe to think about mine as well. But yours was in 2016. I mean, three years ago, and you covered a case out of Lawton, Oklahoma. Which when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is meant to be. My my husband has quite a bit of family in Lawton, Oklahoma, and every time we're in Oklahoma, we go to Lawton because there's some mountains there. Um, You covered a case out of Lawton, Oklahoma. That I had never heard of, but it was so strange. Do you remember that very first case that you covered and what kind of drew you to it about the woman who left? Like she was filling the pool. She had just filled the bathtub. She left the iron on and all her stuff was at home. She was in the middle of multitasking, doing 10 things. And then she drove off and her car was found like 50 miles away.
1: Yes, it's about the death of a woman named Aileen Conway, which happened way back in 1986, and the reason I was so drawn to it is because it was featured on the TV show Unsolved Mysteries, and it aired about 30 years ago, But and I watched it when I was a kid, but it always stuck in my mind, because uh, no matter how hard you try to think up a theory, a concrete theory about what might have happened to her, uh, you can't, because the pieces just don't fit together, because uh, there's you wonder if she she got into an accident. What was she doing going out into this deserted country road that she had never been to before? And why did she leave the house in disarray with like the garden hose running and the phone off the hook and the bathtub filled with water? But uh, if it was a murder, then who could have been responsible? And, and you look at the evidence at the crime scene and it looks like it's arson that someone deliberately set the car on fire. But what could the motive could have been? Because this is uh, like an ordinary housewife who didn't seem to have any enemies. And if it was a burglary gone wrong, why would they go to the trouble of taking her all the way out into the middle of nowhere to set the car on fire in broad daylight in the middle of the morning? Uh, the reason it stuck with me is uh, I was a huge fan of the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. And back when I started the podcast in 2016, you couldn't watch the, the original episodes anywhere. Like anytime someone would want to upload them to YouTube, they'd get pulled immediately. But just in early 2017, they finally uploaded the all the episodes onto Amazon Prime, and you can now watch them on YouTube. And the Aileen Conway episode is on the very first episode hosted by Robert Stack. So people will watch that, and they'll want to find out more information about the case, and that will help them find my podcast.
0: Okay. So you mentioned Untold Mysteries, and That is how I got into true crime as well. I was in high school. And it's interesting to me that you said that on your podcast that you couldn't find it anymore because I wasn't aware. But I guess that 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 question answered itself because now you can find it. And I think that's cool that that was the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries and it's the first episode of your podcast. That's a good kind of a, it's like a circular marketing, good juxtaposition that was very smart of you.
1: Uh, It's true because a lot of the Unsolved Mysteries segments that cover these cases, they often don't give the full story like they can only fit so much into a 10 to 15 minute segment. But my aim was to take a lot of cases that were on that show, do as much research as possible and give a more well-rounded accounting of the case. So sometimes people will watch the episode of Unsolved Mysteries and they want to find more information and then they'll find the trail went cold and then they'll hear a lot more information about these cases.
0: Yes, that's right. You do offer quite a bit more information. But I mean, who knew they had Unsolved Mysteries in Canada?
1: Oh, we did. Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) popular here.
0: (laughs) Um, So you've been doing podcasts for three years now. And I mean, in the podcast world, that's, you know, that's a long time. So how has the podcast world changed since you first started?
1: Well, it's pretty crazy to think about how the time I started in early 2016, uh, that era, late 2015 and early 2016, there were so many new podcasts started by independent amateurs, such as myself, that have become pretty popular over the next few years. Cause I think that's when True Crime Garage started, when The Vanish started, Already Gone, and, uh the genre just wasn't as crowded back then. Like there were true crime podcasts. I know that Serial made it popular to begin with in I think late 2014, but now it's just kind of taken off. And uh, if you start one now, it's harder to make yourself stand out because I can tell you that there may be about five or six other podcasts out there right now that just cover Unsolved Mysteries episodes. Ever since it got added to YouTube and Amazon Prime again, uh, it's grown in popularity and nostalgia. So a lot of people have jumped on it, but I kind of <laughs> did it first. And I'm kinda, I kind of think I got into the genre at the right time because uh, it, it, the, the, it's so crowded right now. But that, that's the thing about true crime is there are so many different cases to cover out there that you'll never run out of material.
0: Right, that's what I was gonna say. There's so many um, true crime, missing and murder type of podcasts now, and and some are great like yours, and some are you know not quite as great. But there are. That's the sad fact about our world is you just sort of never run out of cases, or you could hear something covered on two different podcasts from two different perspectives. And I think that's you know I, I think that's sort of the joy of being in the podcast world. And I think you're exactly right. You got in. I would say somewhat not on the ground floor, but maybe on like the third floor. You know, you were you kind of came in just three years ago and it hadn't been around very long.
1: Exactly. I think I was kind of filling a void because back then you couldn't watch Unsolved Mysteries episodes online anywhere. So if you wanted to get your fill about these cases, you could listen to my podcast.
0: Right. You know, I looked at your Facebook page and I love that you wrote on there that people are not allowed to speak rudely of other podcasters. I mean, I think that's super respectful. And Canadians, you know, Canadians are so nice. And and as a fellow podcaster, you know, I appreciate that solidarity and saying like, you could come on here and mention something, but we're not going to bash
1: anybody. Well, it's true because so many other podcasters out there are my friends. Uh, It's almost gotten to the point where I have more friends in podcasting right now than I do in my regular personal life. So if if people want to bash them, just don't do it in my group because some of them might even be in there and some of them might be my friends. So it's not the kind of thing I want in my group.
0: (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because I was explaining to someone this weekend – I'm doing a a podcast thing in California coming up in in a month. And they said, now, how do you know this person or that person? And I said, you know, I don't. I don't know them in real life. I know them from the podcast world. And we've just become friends. And now we're doing these events together. um, After, you know, we're in California together for a stretch of time, we will know each other. But it it really is such a a great community. and, And you don't run across too many, you know, weirdos or anything. Everybody's just trying to, uh, do their podcast and, you know, be as professional as possible.
1: Exactly. It's not really a competitive field because you're not really, you, people can listen to podcasts at any time. Like you're not interfering with anyone's time slot. So it only helps to support each other rather than try to bring each other down in this field.
0: Right. That's a good point because it's not like everybody's podcast is on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You know, you can listen to it whenever you want. Exactly. And that's another thing I was trying to explain to some older people I saw this past weekend. I was like, they were like, explain to me what it is. I said, well, it's like it's a radio show that you listen to. You know, it's on this certain time, but you can listen to it anytime. You don't have to listen to it every Friday at noon. And that seemed to sort of make them understand but but then they're like but show me how you find it i was like oh no here we go hand me your phone um we're gonna take
2: a quick break this episode is brought to you by hp plus in a world full of smart devices shouldn't your printer be smart too it is with hp plus these printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details.
0: Okay, I'm back with Robin. So I'll say, Robin, that I really love your style of storytelling because you aren't too heavy, too serious, but you're not a comedian. You're not, you know, we de- there's definitely a space for those podcasts and I, and I love a lot of them, but you just tell the story and then you give some hypothesis about what could have happened. And I you're, you have to say your signature line at least twice, the trail was <laughs> old. And do you ever come up with an idea that perhaps hasn't been brought up before?
1: Uh, Sometimes, like I I go throughout, uh, uh, sometimes I'll go through uh, Reddit and a lot of forums where they discuss these cases. Like I don't want to steal anyone's ideas, but some of these cases are so heavily discussed that uh, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to come up with a theory that someone has already spread before. But I know there have been times where uh, something just popped into my head and I was quite shocked that uh, no one had ever thought about it for this type of case before. But as an example of, uh, there's a very famous case called the Springfield Three about all these these three women who vanished from a house in the middle of the night in Springfield, Missouri in 1992. And one of the most prominent theories is that they're buried underneath a parking garage at a local hospital in the town, which some people seem to accept as fact. And they ask, why aren't they digging up the parking garage? But I did some extensive research on Reddit and uh, read some interesting discussions from people who are involved in construction. And they essentially gave very, very good reasons about why it would be impossible to, to bury three victims on a large-scale construction project without anybody noticing. Uh, I, I basically learned that if you put them under concrete, concrete, concrete in the parking garage, it's eventually going to collapse the front. So uh, a lot of people seem to think that's a fact, but I wanted to be one of the first podcasts to put that theory out there that this is just like a very fake theory. Like there's no way it's physically possible. So stop hounding the police to dig up the parking garage because they're definitely not there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, speaking of Reddit... Um, I, you know, I subscribe to a few Reddit things like I was very interested in the Golden State Killer and then just generally Reddit threads about podcasts or some other TV shows I like. I find Reddit hard to sift through. So if you are thinking like, okay, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to cover this certain case. Do you, in addition to, of course, like Google, Wikipedia and court files and things like that, do you, do you find yourself going to Reddit to see hey, there's somebody out there might have a great theory that the police never thought about.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm always plugging at the end of my show a subreddit called the Unresolved Mystery subreddit, which talks about cold cases. And I often find out about a lot of cold cases that I had never heard of before, but I read them and I'm like, this would be a great episode of a podcast. Like, why hasn't anybody covered this before? And I'll often find theories about cases I am familiar with, which I had never even thought of before. So it's a very useful resource I find. And as far as Reddit goes, I do feel the unresolved mystery subreddit is one of the most civil ones out there. Uh, There's like a lack of toxicity or toxicity or however the word goes or uh, <laughs> are arguing and stuff like people are pretty kind to each other for the most part and every week when I release a podcast episode I try to write a thread about the case so uh, I can discuss it with listeners and they usually do generate a lot of discussion and sometimes they'll even come up with theories that I never even thought of and I almost think to myself man I wish I could go back and edit my episode and throw that in there because I never thought of that before but uh, I, I really find Reddit a useful tool sometimes for research
0: okay that's really cool i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out i think with with reddit it's for me i have to just really learn how to use it better because it it really is like in my mind like taking me back to the old school message board kind of idea where it's not so like user friendly to look at so i if, but I, if i have something specific to go to like this unresolved mysteries then i will do that all right i'm gonna do that and then i can um <laughs> i can promote this podcast on there Yes um, so do you know of any cases that you've covered that have been solved since you put your podcast out because you have over a hundred episodes.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Surprisingly, a a few of them have been solved within the last uh, year or so. Um, As you might know, uh, ever since the Golden State Killer was arrested around this time last year, they have started a new technique called genetic genealogy, Mm -hmm. where they basically use family genealogical websites to use DNA to track down uh, the perpetrators of these crimes. And one particularly horrific case I put on the podcast last year was the murder of a woman named Jodine who had some mental disabilities. She could still live independently, but her parents had to check on her from time to time. And what happened is they went into her apartment one night because she wasn't answering the door, and they walk into her bedroom, and they thought she was having sex with a man because it was so dark in there, and they just thought it was a very awkward situation, and they waited into the next room so the man that she was with could leave. But then she never came out of the bedroom, and they went in there, and they discovered that she was dead, that she had been strangled to death, and that the perpetrator had actually been raping her dead body. And... (gasps) Yeah, it's just horrible and he slipped out the back door before they even realized what had happened. And uh, their parents were left absolutely devastated by this, but thankfully the killer left some DNA behind. And this past November, they ran it through a genealogy website and they actually matched it to a suspect. And it turned out he had committed suicide in I think 2011 or so. So they weren't able to arrest him and charge him with the crime, but thankfully they were able to find out who did it and know that he's not out there on the. Street streets right now and give closure to the family. But without genetic genealogy, I don't know if this case in DNA, I don't know if this case ever would have been solved. So as we've been seeing within the past year, a lot of similar cases have been solved this way, where if the perpetrator leaves his DNA behind at the murder scene, then there's a good chance now they're going to be caught.
0: Yes. You know, there was a, um, a podcast called Knock Knock, that was about a murder of two elderly women in Mississippi. And one of them was my friend's grandmother. And it happened while we were in college. And that person just got caught. And that was 30 years ago. And it was the same thing. They they ran this thing and they said they know that he has some sort of like surname would be Hicks and this color hair. And they were able to like pin it down so close. They eventually found this guy and you just, you just can't believe it. You can't, it really is such a um, fantastic advancement that so many people w- could get some closure in their life. Like you said, maybe the person is not alive anymore, but at least you know that they're not on the street or that they're a serial offender anymore, you know?
1: Exactly. And I think that a lot of criminals out there right now are sweating because they know they left DNA behind 30, 40 years ago and thought they'd get away with it. But they probably have this feeling that the walls are closing in and that they will eventually get a DNA match and lead to them. And I'm seeing more and more cases of people who are like 70, 80 years old, they're getting arrested. So and they're going to have to deal with the consequences before they leave this earth. So it's becomes kind of a God, the true crime community.
0: Yes, yes. I think you said godsend. You cut it out there for a second, but that's what I think you said. Um, did you ever cover like the Golden State Killer or the Zodiac Killer? Do you ever cov- cover any serial killers like that on your podcast?
1: Usually, no. Uh, I usually just do individual cases. Uh, there are some where someone has been murdered, and then they found the killer's DNA at another crime. So it becomes apparent that the uh, these separate people were killed by the same person. Uh, I generally do stay away from the more well-known cases like the Zodiac and the Golden State Killer because they're so well-known and there's so many other podcasts that have done them uh, way more thoroughly. I know the podcast Criminology has done separate seasons about the Zodiac and the Golden State Killer and done them about as thoroughly as they can be done. So I I still try to focus on the more lesser-known ones.
0: Right. Do you have any of those lesser known ones that just stick out with you or just gnaw at you still?
1: Oh, yes. Um, one that uh, actually I did very recently was about the death of a young man named Ricky Hoxtedler in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. And that place has become very infamous because that's where Making a Murder took place. Yes. Uh, where Stephen... Er- Stephen Avery was convicted of the murder of Teresa Hallback, and there's so much controversy surrounding it. But this is a far lesser known case, which took place there six years before the Teresa Hallback murder, where this teenage boy, uh, 17 years old Ricky, was walking home one night on a snowy night, and he was hit by a vehicle while walking by the side of the road, and the driver just took off. And There were just so many shady things in the investigation from the police that a lot of rumors had circulated that an off-duty police officer was probably the driver, and they they fabricated evidence in order to protect him and cover it up and that they have no interest in solving this case. And what's crazy is that a lot of these same police officers who were working there at the time wound up being involved in the Teresa Hallback murder and found infamy being on making a murderer. So once I learned about this, I was like, this has such an association with a famous case, I can't believe it's not more well known. So I did my own episode about it several weeks ago, and people have been (laughs) pretty shocked by it. And it does, doesn't give them a very favorable picture of the Manitowoc County Sheriff's Department because to have so many controversial cases in such a short amount of time does not reflect well on them.
0: No, it sure doesn't. I, I listened to that episode and right when you right when you say Manitowoc County, Wisconsin, you the first I mean for, for those of us who listen to a lot of it, the first thing you think of is oh gosh, well this is not a great uh, police department going on there. Okay, we're
2: going to take a quick break.
0: Okay. We're back. So how long do you think you spend researching a case for each episode that you put out? Because you put them out every week. So, I mean, that's a lot of work for each episode to do them so quickly.
1: Yeah, it kind of depends on how well I know the case. Uh, like as an example, the Ricky a, a case, I didn't find out about until a couple of months ago. So I pretty much had to start from scratch to do all the research. So it took me longer than normal to put it together. But for a case I'm very familiar with, say one that was on Unsolved Mysteries like several years ago, where I've watched the segment several times and studied the case uh, for years, I can put those together relatively quickly and and that's kind of how I organize my schedule, where maybe I'll do one week of a case that I'm new to and don't have a lot of knowledge about and then follow it up with what I call, I don't know if I'd call it an easy case, but one where I won't have to do as much research because it's already in my head because I know it so well. Right. But like the, the Aileen Conway uh, debut episode, like I was able to put that together relatively quickly quickly because I'd watched it an unsolved mystery so many times. So I uh, I kinda have a system in my head that allows me to pace myself and make sure that I have enough time to put together a weekly episode.
0: Well, every episode is so thorough, so that's pretty impressive. Um, Now, I know you have a Patreon, and this week, I think it was, I heard a a stranger come on my (laughs) my podcast app and introduce the episode, and then I heard you say, and maybe it wasn't this week, but I heard you say, oh, this is a person that won a contest, and so is that something you do on Patreon where you let uh, people have a contest to introduce the episodes?
1: it's not just a Patreon thing I actually have it open to all my listeners but uh, I I have a random draw each month where uh, I will pick the name of one lucky listener and they get the opportunity to read the intro of my episode where they get to say the trail went cold that's my (laughs) catchphrase but uh, I've been doing it for two years now Uh, all I do is just say submit your name and also give me a case suggestion the one case you'd most like to hear featured on the podcast and one one thing that these uh, listeners always tell me is that they often do like ten or twelve takes before they find one that they <laughs> like, and then they say to me, "How do you do this every week?" Like I, le- I just hate hearing the sound of my own voice, but you have to do this like every single week. I don't know. It gives me a whole new appreciations for podcasters once they've tried to do it themselves. <laughs> yes,
0: I try to tell people all the time that you know, yes, podcasting is sort of you know, as I am right now sitting in my air quotes, home studio, Um, but it is a whole lot of work. And I think that that maybe is a uh, good way to get people to kind of understand it. I was at a family wedding this weekend and had so many people come up to me and say, when can I be on your podcast? And I said, well, do you have a podcast yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no. I said, well, I interview podcasters. Like, oh, you know, they're offended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you, can't, you cannot. Come on. You can't sit with us. Now, what, what is different? Tell me, though, about your Patreon. What's different about your uh, Patreon versus, um, you know, the regular podcast world?
1: Uh, I actually offer bonus episodes so in addition to our weekly episodes you will get one bonus episode per month about a case that uh, uh, isn't available to our regular listeners and I often do unsolved mysteries cases ones that were featured on the TV show uh, a lot of them are their final appeal segments ones were about people who were sent to prison for a crime but there's still some doubt about whether they were actually guilty or not so because technically they're solved there are just some unanswered questions about them but Uh, Last month, I actually instituted a new uh, feature where I would do my own audio commentary track over an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, where you would download the audio file, then go to YouTube to watch the original episode, and then uh, listen to my commentary track over it, where I give my own thoughts and opinions and also some trivia and facts about the show. Uh, So that's an exclusive for my patrons.
0: Okay, I think that you need to reboot Unsolved Mysteries, and you need to be the host.
1: Yes. Well, did you hear that they are rebooting it on Netflix uh, later this year?
0: I did hear that, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was Netflix or what. But now that I'm realizing you're such an expert, you t- tell me what you know about it.
1: Uh, they. They haven't really been pretty secretive about the details. I think they're going to release 12 or 13 episodes, but they they haven't announced who the new host is going to be. So people literally actually tweeted my name to Netflix on Twitter saying, hire Robin Warder as the host. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but some of my listeners are hoping it does.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to join in and I'm going to tweet them as well. Because, okay. because I think that you seem to like really, I mean, I know a lot about shows like the Brady Bunch or, you know, things yeah. like that, but you seem to really know a lot about unsolved mysteries and, you know, you, at least they could put you on as like a associate producer.
1: Oh, something. Yeah I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd be willing to write and research for them if need be, but if they want me to host, I'll go buy my own trench coat, just like Robert Stack. <laughs> and the hat and the hat. Yeah, that, exactly.
0: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, At the end of my uh, podcast, I ask what podcast you listen to if you get a chance. I know that this podcasting is, is busy work, but when you get a chance to listen to podcasts, what do you listen to?
1: I mostly uh, listen to true crime ones. Uh, One that I want to mention, because it hasn't gotten a lot of publicity, is a podcast called Blood and Truth, uh, which I'm fond of because it covered a case I did on the podcast three years ago about the controversial conviction of a man named Tommy Ziegler. Uh, It took place on Christmas Eve in 1975, where four people, including his wife and his in-laws, were murdered at his furniture store, and he was found with a gunshot wound. But then and the police said that he committed the murders himself and shot himself to fake uh, an attack. And he wound up being sentenced to death. But here we are uh, 43 years later, and he's still on death row because the case is so controversial and so convoluted that they don't want to go through the execution. So he's been there all that time. He's 73 years old now. And when I did my episode uh, three years ago, I consulted with his defense investigator who's trying to get him out of uh, prison off a death row. And she didn't even know what a podcast was back then. But now uh, this Blood and Truth podcast has been produced that exclusively focuses on this case. It's about eight episodes long and a Reporter for the Tampa Bay Times named uh, Leonora Lapeter Anton is the one who put it together because she has done her own research and interviews and investigation of the case. Because back when I did it, I kept thinking to myself, this story is so complicated that it needs its own long form serial style podcast devoted to the case. So I was so happy to see uh, one come about. about It's called Blood and Truth because this is a case that needs so many episodes to dissect. Once you listen to this episode and learn about the case, your head is going to explode trying to figure out what happened.
0: Oh, OK. Blood and truth. OK, well, that sounds like something I would really be into. And it's it's a long form podcast.
1: Yes. Uh, it's kind of like serial where each episode is devoted to a certain aspect of the case.
0: Oh, OK. All right. Well, that's on my list now. That that'll give me something to do tomorrow. So uh, what else do you listen to?
1: Uh, I also wanted to give a shout-out to another fellow Canadian of mine, uh, Christy Lee, who hosts Canadian True Crime. Uh-huh. uh she- She's at, Ironically, she's from Australia. She moved to Canada several <laughs> years ago and decided to start a, uh, a podcast devoted to criminal cases uh, that exclusively took place in Canada because a lot of people like to joke that, you Canadians are so nice. Do you even have crime in Canada? And I'm like, yes, we've had some pretty uh, terrible ones. And uh, she started hers, I think, in early 2017. And within a few months, she shot up to the Canadian iTunes charts and made it to number two over overall, and is now one of the most successful podcasts in all of Canada. And uh, we're, we're good friends, and we're actually going to be doing a live show together in Chicago in July at an event called the true crime podcast festival, where it's going to be exclusively a meetup for podcasters and their fans, where you can go and meet your favorite podcasters. And some of them are going to be doing shows and Christy and I are going to be do one where we talk about some Canadian cases and uh, yeah, her, podcast is excellent. Definitely check it out.
0: Oh, yes. I've heard about that festival, True Crime Podcast Festival. Okay. Canadian True Crime. I'll check that out. This That is true about Canadians. Every time I talk to a Canadian, I think these Canadians are the nicest people, Um, but you do have some amazing podcasts. Uh, Canada puts out some some great podcasts. The CBC alone just puts out so many good ones. So you should be proud of your uh, true crime podcast heritage there in Canada.
1: Yeah, we definitely have a lot of excellent ones. I know uh, someone knows something and missing and murdered some ex some excellent uh, ones about the murdered uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada, which is a big issue here. So I'm glad it, that issue is getting attention on podcasts.
0: Yes, and um, I interviewed Josh Block who did uncover escaping Nexium from the CBC.
1: Oh, yes, that's a good one too.
0: That's a good one too. We could go on and on. Um, do you yeah. have any of the recommendations for me?
1: Um, also, I guess you don't need a recommendation because uh, I heard you had her on as a guest (laughs) right before me, but uh, Nina Instead, who did Already Be Gone and Don't Talk to Strangers, um... She's uh, one of those amazing podcasts. She's one of my best friends in podcasting, and I've known her for a long time. And uh, Already Gone is great, but Don't Talk to Strangers is her passion project because it's about the Oakland County child killer, which she grew up listening to from growing up in Michigan. And right. this is kind of a labor of love for her. And I highly recommend everyone check that one out.
0: Yes, I agree. I, I did talk to her. and Her voice is so soothing, don't you think?
1: Oh, definitely. Yes. One yep. of the best voices in podcasting. Yes. I
0: told her she should just get go right into like voiceover work. You know, she could uh, read things on the phone to you and you would be interested because it's so calming. Now, tell people where they can find out more about you and also the Trail Went Cold.
1: Uh, we have a website at trailwentcold.com that has all our episodes there. Uh, we have a Facebook page. And also a Facebook discussion group, like Mary Payne mentioned, where we're all very nice to each other. There, <laughs> yes. And I'm also on uh, Twitter on the under the hashtag robin underscore uh, warder, and uh, you can also find me a lot on the Unresolved Mystery subreddit because usually when I release an episode about a case, I do a write up about that case there every week. So you can chat with me on Reddit as well.
0: Yes, and you have uh, rekindled my interest in Reddit, and I'm going to do my best to go into it and try to wade through it. But since you told me about the Unresolved Mysteries Reddit, that's going to be where I'm going to start. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and I would highly recommend everybody go and take a listen to The Trail Went Cold and Robin.
1: Great. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, thanks.